How you come back? That speaks volumes. And we're going to have a hell of a football team. Be great on three. One, two, three. Are you with me now? Say, are you with me now? They felt as good in a while. They want us to sit it down. Can you hear me now? Am I going in and out? I stop and just look around to see if you're with me now. Tell me how you're with me now. Ready to put it down. Start at the bottom, I'm ready for bottom, but they won't forgive me now. You really ain't ready now. You hate it just in the crowd. But still, I just look around. Are you with me now? Are you with me now? This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It is episode 65, and uh, the Buccaneers played a football game yesterday. The first game of the year that actually counted, and uh, (laughs) we've got quite a bit to take away from that game. Some good, a lot of not so good. But in short, the Buccaneers lost their home opener against the San Francisco 49ers 31-17, and uh, we're going to break that game down for you here today. So welcome back to a brand new episode. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And Evan, this game was a lot closer than it should have been for about three and a half quarters. This was a game that the Bucks had to lose. Uh, it was their game to lose, basically. And they did anything and everything in their power to lose the game, and that's ultimately what happened. 31-17, to the final score. Uh, of course, the hottest storyline right now is Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston. Evan, I know you got a lot to say. First off, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's, a, it's definitely a rough loss to get over. Um, but we just got to clear up that, that you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. We're here recording this show. So, yeah. uh, so let's Life just, goes on, you know? Yeah, let's get right into it. Week one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose at home, uh, and people are freaking out, burning their Jameis Winston jerseys. Uh, Evan, let me get your take on JW3, and then we'll open up this discussion. Yeah, so, um... Well, for one, the whole burning jerseys thing, even if Winston is a bust and just throws twice as many interceptions as he does touchdowns, the whole burning jerseys thing is stupid. So, um, please, if you plan on burning a jersey, just donate it to somebody. Yeah, please. right? If you pl- This is a serious <clears throat> thing. If you plan on burning a Jameis Winston jersey or any Buccaneers gear, for that matter— Reach or any out, gear of any team, I don't care. Reach out to us via email, cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. We will gladly take that off of your hands, and you know what we'll probably do? We'll probably uh, we'll probably recycle it for a contest and give it to another fan who's more grateful than you are to have some Buccaneer swag. Uh, but yeah, burning your uh, burning your stuff is just, it's uncalled for, and uh, I, I think there's no place for that yet. But of course, you can't control how other people feel and express their feelings, so uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's week yeah. one. It's week one. Well, you know, <clears throat> there's there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to say here that I haven't really said much. Um, mainly because I haven't really had to. Um, I'm, yeah, I was going to say, like, you're normally a pretty vocal guy about uh, how this team plays, how they wrap up games and after the games you'll go out go on twitter go on instagram say what you need to say and and that's that but i i did notice kind of some some refrain on the social media and i'm excited to hear what you've got to say because i know you had been texting me back and forth we talked about it and it's uh it's a lot to digest yeah um <clears throat> yeah let's start with the obvious before we get into the game or whatever 
I'd start with the obvious, and that is Jameis Winston. Um, Jameis Winston, he wasn't the complete reason they lost the football game, but he was a pretty big reason. Yeah, he definitely, definitely didn't help. I think he probably, it was probably, I think, 65, 70% him. Uh, I'm going to say that right now. You cannot throw two pick sixes in one game and expect to win. Um, if, if you would have told me that, you know, the defense was going to play as well as they did and, you know, get a pick six themselves, I would have said, oh, okay, yeah, the Bucks are going to win. But it didn't happen. And there, there's a few things here. You know, he's been... He's been heavily scrutinized by a lot of people, and he's been, like, heavily defended by a lot of people. I'm here to – I want to tell what my what I believe is the truth. The truth is he's been up and down his entire career. That's going back to Florida State. Um, you, If you recall, national championship year, he was good. The, the year he came out, you know, his last year in college, he was not very good. Um, got down a lot in the first half was horrible in the first half, and was just the Florida State team was just good. So they just always had to come back, and they would. He got labeled as a a, a clutch quarterback because of his second-half comebacks. How many times has he had a a big-time moment in the NFL? You can probably count on one hand. And by big-time moment, I don't mean a big play, a deep ball down the field. No, you mean, I mean you mean a game-winning drive, yes, something that when, solidifies him as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. When the game is on the line, can you trust him? The answer right now is no. That's the truth. The answer right now is that you cannot trust Jameis Winston with the game on the line. Can he change that? Of course. But time and time again, it seems that they have opportunities to wear you know, they can end it, right? There was the I, I, one that sticks out to me heavily was um, the Rams game in 2016. Yeah. When um, Winston, it was like the rain delay. It was Case Keenum, uh, stuff like that. And, and Winston had a shot, and it was the final play of the game. Bucks were on like the 15-yard line or so. Score a touchdown, man. Score a touchdown. Couldn't get it done. Okay, got sacked, like completely was unaware where he was, got sacked, and that was that. Game over. Bucks lose. Then you come back to 2016 during that season. He did lead him on a big drive. Um, led him on a big drive to set up a Roberto field goal. I'm not counting that because to, you know, to set you up with a game-winning field goal is great, but the great quarterback set you up with a game-winning touchdown. And the Bucks did not need a touchdown that time, so they didn't get one. That Rams game, they needed a touchdown to win. This 49ers game, they needed a touchdown to win. Yep, six and points would have tied it up, seven to win. And I had tweeted before, you know, before that, just like we were talking about before the show started, I had tweeted before that drive. This is a big moment. This is it. This is moments like that week one in a game that you must have. That's why you draft this guy number one overall. That's exactly why. First play of the drive, what the hell does he do? Yeah, it's awful. It's, it's awful. It, you know, they, they, okay, so long story short, they try a screen. The screen doesn't work, okay? Um, Donovan Smith and DeMar Dotson kind of get blown up. The, the, the blocking was not good. Dar- Dario Gumbale, who actually had a rough game, um... He showed up with not. those. He showed up with those checkdowns on the last drive of the game, which I mean, it, yeah. it is what it is. But that was, yeah. I mean, I thought he had a rough game. I mean, you know, we'll we'll get into that then, though. He, he, so yeah, Dare sort of gets caught up with alignment. It almost seems like like he just got like bumped or whatever, so he couldn't exactly get there. But I've looked at that countless times. I've looked at this countless times. The, what was he? Th- where was he throwing the ball? What do you think was going to happen? Like, did you, you, there was nobody. There wasn't even an offensive lineman that you were going to throw it to. Offensive lineman, obviously, you can't catch it. Well, this but it's is better than an interception. Where, where, 
What was going through his mind? This like, is that, a situation. This is a situation that I've heard talked about as well, and BA brought it up a few times in his presser. The third interception was a bad throw, and it was him trying to do too much. He could have either thrown the ball away, even though he <laughs> was at risk of getting another BS uh, grounding penalty. Um, but he could have thrown the ball away. He could have thrown it at somebody's feet. He could have just taken the sack. But this is an instance that we've seen from Jameis Winston way too much where he tries to do too much. He tries to be that guy. He tries to make a play that just isn't there. That's what that instance is. But there was another instance that was brought up. I think it was the Peyton Barber screen you had just talked about. B.A. said that Barber was off of his route, um, and he wasn't where he needed him to be, and Jameis threw the ball where he was supposed to be, and then the corner jumped the route, and that's what caused it. Uh, either way, I'm going to say what I have to say about Jameis Winston, and uh, it, you might not like it. A lot of people listening might not like well, it. Some of one, them... one thing I will say here, though. Okay, all right. Like, I just... That's one of the worst throws. That that third interception, that was one of the worst throws I've ever seen from a quarterback in a game that mattered. Like a preseason game, sure you might see a throw. You're like, oh my god. You like, got me. You got me on the game that mattered part. But for me personally, I don't know if anything is going to top that one interception against Cincinnati. And you know the one that I'm talking about, the one where he tracks the linebacker and throws uh, it okay, right okay. to him. I well, think that's also, the worst pick of his career. Some something I wanted to point out. I don't know. This one's pretty close. That I don't know, man. Um, something else I want to put on is ball security in the pocket. It's not good either. Um, yeah. Because he got bailed out by Ryan Jensen twice. Uh, D, twice. D Forge uh, strip sacked him because he, for some reason, he just refuses to put two hands on the ball and he keeps the ball out. And some of his mechanics that he's been trying to work on, but he just can't. And dude. This is your fifth year, and you can't – you're the number one pick, and you cannot have pocket awareness. you got to be able to feel him right there. Let's talk about like, pocket. Let's talk about that, pocket awareness. That's rookie mistakes right there. That it is, is rookie. And I'll tell you what. One – and this is the last point I'm going to make, and this okay. is almost the biggest thing for me. This is the biggest thing for me almost. Many people have said, and I, I will admit, I partially agree with it. They always said, you know – well, Winston would win games if he had a run game and if he had a defense. He kind of yeah. got both on Sunday, he, yeah. and he blew the game. He he had a chance to win, and he makes a boneheaded, dumb decision and blows the game. That's that's what he did. Like you know, like you can say, okay, Demar Dotson holding penalties, the penalties, everybody it doesn't really matter. But um, at the end of the day. Jameis Winston threw that pass when there was two 49ers draped all over him instead of taking the sack and throws it to nobody. That is why they lost the game. Then that's inexcusable for a number one overall pick. Yeah. So I'm going to jump into my thing. One of the things you talked about was pocket awareness. And I'll meet you in the middle there. Pocket awareness. Jameis has to keep two hands on the football because that's what it is. That's what it boils down to. You look back at it, the strip sack that he had, I believe there was one more fumble. I don't know if it was him, but there were like five or six six total fumbles from this team yesterday. He he could have thrown five interceptions. He could have thrown five interceptions, but he didn't. But let's talk about pocket awareness before I forget about what I'm going to say. The offensive line... The big thing that sticks out are the tackles. DeMar Dotson and Donovan Smith did not have a very good game. Donovan Smith a little better than DeMar Dotson, but I'm going to rip DeMar Dotson a new one here in a couple of minutes. Um, But pocket awareness, if I remember correctly, he didn't get sacked until what, like the third quarter? Um... Yeah, um, there might have been one in the in the first uh, half there, but but you look at every situation. Overall, they that, kept him pretty clean. You look at every situation before that where he had to bail himself out. I think of a situation in particular where Donovan Smith completely blew his block on uh, Nick Bosa. Yep, and I mean he juked Nick Bosa out of his shoes, and he got away from it and made a complete pass to Mike Evans. Really, the only play the Bucks had on offense that day. Um, he was able to bail himself out. And listen, anyone listening to the show, if anyone's listened in the past, they know that I am a Winston guy. I am not ready to give up on this guy. I'm ready to stop defending him, which is what I'm about to get into. Exactly, exactly. I'm about to get into this. I'm done defending him because the game that he played against San Francisco is inexcusable. But in the same breath, 
I still believe there's time for him to turn it around. It's week one. We're on a short week. We're headed into Thursday night football. We have to play a Carolina team that barely lost to the Rams. I mean, they've got to make some adjustments and they've got to make them quick. But let me get into this really quick. His performance was inexcusable. The stat line, 20 for 36, 194 yards, and three interceptions. Three picks. One which wasn't entirely his fault. That was the O.J. Uh, OJ Simpson. O.J. Howard oh, tip pass. <laughs> one of them can be debated because I've heard it go one way or the other. B.A. brought it up in his presser. People on Twitter are saying it wasn't Still entirely his fault. Still not a good throw and probably a throw that shouldn't have been made. The third one was absolutely his fault, and it was the nail in the coffin. That's the pick six at the end of the game in a two-minute situation. Pick six. Game over. Now, we got to talk about the overreaction of what's been going on. Because if you've been on Twitter, if you've been on social media, you can look at how these <clears throat> fans, quote-unquote, are reacting. And I get it. I'm going to address that as well. I get it. I understand why people are reacting the way that they are. But people are starting to jump on B.A. and say that, he needs to do something about this. Of course, the armchair GMs are going to say all sorts of things, like, let's start Ryan Griffin. But no, that's a, they're getting on B.A. about how he's handled this. Uh, B.A. hasn't addressed this the way that everyone's expected him to because, I mean, <clears throat> let's really think about it. He's here to try and fix this guy for the long run. Fans are tired of losing. I get it. We're tired of being a shitty team. Uh, we're, ju we're just tired of being behind. And the entire NFC South, aside from New Orleans, is 0-1 right now. So let's remember that as well. Um, fans are tired of losing, but it's one game. B.A. is not ready to bench his starting quarterback, mm -hmm. especially when we have seen Jameis Winston throw four, uh, four touchdowns and 350 yards in a game. The problem mm -hmm. is finding consistency. This guy cannot consistently be good. No, nope. and that's well, the or, biggest or issue. bad, and, and and that's and that's the thing. Like if he's consistently bad, the Buccaneers have probably already moved on. But you, you hold on to him because he shows these glimpses of what he can be. But then he also shows glimpses of what he's not. Like right, and I'm not going to sit here and say that it was one bad game out of however many. He has had plenty of bad games. We've seen games worse than this, believe it or not. We have seen instances where he can be everything that a number one pick should be and everything that it should not. And I will say that my personal take, I think B.A. made this great quote. Uh, I think it was in one of the uh, NFL football life things about him. But he described it as paralysis <laughs> from analysis. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw it right out of the get-go with Jameis Winston. He gets too excited back there. His head starts rushing, and he misses wide-open receivers. There was another instance in yesterday's game where I think the Bucs were like, they were in the red zone. They were close enough to toss in a touchdown, and I want to say it was the drive where Cam Brait was denied two touchdowns. But if you okay. look back, Chris Godwin gets open right on a slant route in the middle of the end zone. And no, that was, the, um, that was when they went for it on fourth down. Okay. Either way. Chris Godwin That's a big was, moment. Too. Chris Godwin was wide ass open, like he was open. Yeah, and he would have caught that football. Nobody even knew Richard Sherman's back was turned to Chris Godwin. Like nobody right. even knew he was there. Right. So, I believe Jameis has time to fix this. I believe adjustments are going to made uh, going to be made. And I'll say this: if by the New York game, he does not figure it out, and we lose to the Giants. Well, then that's it. I can't support this guy anymore. Right now, I'm not giving up on him, but I'm done defending him because I yeah. can't defend anything other than his scrambling ability from the 49ers game. Excuse me. I'll say it, this. Sorry, go ahead. No, if they lose to the Giants, yeah. That's, yeah, that's if, if they, the Giants are just not it. Like, the Buccaneers, I don't think, are a great football team. The Giants are a horrible football team. Yeah, the if Giants. If they lose to the Giants at home in Tampa. That's freak. That's horrible. Yeah, that that that's... is absolutely horrible. And and now you could say, well, if they lose the Giants and Winston plays well, okay, then obviously it might not be a nail in the coffin for Jameis Winston. But it, uh, starting off zero and three, like assuming they lose versus Carolina on Thursday, starting off zero and three with a loss to the Giants, like and then you play the Rams and Saints. Do you really think you're going to win those games? No, you'll start off zero and five. 
And that's a rough stretch to be in, especially because we think about that road stretch that you just brought up. You mentioned um, it's a weird spot for this team. And if adjustments are going to be made, they have to be made quickly because you really don't have a lot of time when you're on the road for seven, six straight weeks uh, to get comfortable with what's going on. So, yes, adjustments have to be made. And this is one more thing that I'll say regarding Jameis. And then we can kind of jump into the rest of the game because, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we do have some good things to talk about. Uh, but we also have a lot more bad things to talk about. Thomas Bassinger. I say that name and 15 people probably shut the show off. <laughs> Thomas Bassinger is a guy on Twitter who I don't agree with 90% of the time. And I'll go on record saying that. But he did say something that I agreed with. And it's what he said is something that I don't think can be ignored. And I, I know a lot of people are thinking the same thing, but it just really struck a chord with me. Uh, what we saw against San Francisco is very real and it's very familiar. And that boils down to it being the same old bucks. Because not only did we see Jameis Winston have a bad game, we saw countless penalties and bad calls. Well, bad calls aside, we saw countless penalties that cost us points. DeMar Dotson, Mm -hmm. on one drive, denied us 14 points. And I say 14 points and not 12 points, because if you would have lined up Matt Gay for both of those PATs, he would have made it. So I say 14 points because of a holding call. Both were touchdowns to Cam Brate. And that, we didn't that get either first of holding call, that's not holding. But and that's that's kind of why I go back to there was some bad officiating. There was some terrible officiating. Yeah, um, Dotson, it, it, Dotson got hosed on that first call. Yeah, the first one was bad. The second one was unforgivable because he was like hugging the guy by the helmet. Like that one was that one was gross. But either the, way, the, the, the second one never happens if the refs are actually good at their job and don't call the first one. I mean, you're not wrong, but... It, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know? Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's a two-way street when things happen in real time. Uh, pass interference penalties were... Oh, good God, dude. And and Winston, Winston's weird intentional grounding penalty. That, that was that weird. Pissed, yeah, that one pissed me off. That one was just... That was just bad. <laughs> I, that was bad. I, I don't... I don't know. I, I think that's a combination of both. Like, mate, Winston... Well, that's a combination of Winston and just bad officiating. Like, I, it sort of looks like he kind of moves out of the tackle box, but then like he couldn't have moved a little bit more and then thrown it. Like, couldn't have thrown it know, at man. someone's it was feet. Just, it, I was, mean, it was really, really weird. Yeah, that was an interesting call. Um, but I'll say all of that to say this: I understand that people are tired of losing, and I am too. I'm tired of talking about a losing football team, especially to start the year. This is a game that we went into it and we're like, "This is not a good San Francisco team." Uh, their defensive line is probably the most talented part about them, and I will say that their secondary overshadowed their defensive line yesterday. Oh my God! I uh, one thing I will say: Mike Evans. That that bug or flu is definitely bothering him because that, yeah. almost after every play he had to come out, and I mean he was pretty much a non-factor yesterday. Well, there was I a, mean, if I remember correctly, there was a time where they literally like cut over to the sideline and you could see him puking on the sideline. Uh, Ba addressed it. He said, "Yeah, Mike was sick, but he sucked it up. He went out there and he played." And unfortunately, what that means is uh, we get about seventy-five percent of the Mike Evans we're used to seeing. He made a few catches. Pretty good, but but he did not show up in the way that we expected him to. There were a few times he could have made a catch that he just didn't, um, and you're not used to seeing that from a guy like Mike Evans. Hopefully by Thursday night he will be ready to go for Carolina. That's going to be a big bounce-back game for him. Um, but yeah, Mike Evans, he had that bug, and that hurt him a lot. Uh, so let's talk about some more of the game. Let's talk about... Uh, some of the bad things that happen, and then we'll wrap up with the good, and then we'll preview some Carolina. Um, first things first, the offense was terrible. This is the worst offense we've seen the Bucks put on the field in a few years. And, I don't uh, know. Did you see? Did you see that? Um, I don't know. Did you watch that Washington game last year? I don't know. Yeah, but um, but in 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 the Bucks offense, you know, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, not Jameis Winston, and. The Redskins still had a solid defense, but um, yeah, this 49ers team, their defensive line's good. And I will say one thing before we really get into it: Bucks' offensive line 
did better than I thought they were going to do. I they they did. <clears throat> yeah, they had pretty solid protection the first half. Um, like Despite I said, they running were... the ball, they were really good in the second half. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about the running game as well because that's a big thing to take away. Um, but the offensive line as a unit did not look nearly as bad as one they did in the preseason. Um, but two, as we've ever seen them before, they looked like a somewhat competent offensive line. You take away the tackles because Donovan Smith and Demar Dotson, like we said, they got beat up all day. Demar Dotson <clears throat> in particular was just costing us a lot, man. Um, and I think it was the. No, it was the Richard Sherman pick six. There was some film that I saw pop up on Twitter today where DeMar Dotson just completely picked the wrong guy to block. He abandoned the edge, and Peyton Barber was already running out on his route, so that leaves nobody there to pick up the blitz because they sent an overload look. Oh, well, yeah, but Peyton Barber was lined up as a receiver anyway. Well, that, oh, yeah, he was. He was at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, my bad. He didn't come out of the pocket. <clears throat> um, so I guess that goes and proves what I can remember from watching film, which isn't very much. <laughs> but the important part is that DeMar Dotson did not do a very good job at picking up that block because he he just picked the most dangerous guy, in his opinion, um, and that left Jameis wide open to get teed off on. He got the pass off, but it wasn't a good pass, and it was an interception that went to the house, which we saw again. But, yes, the offensive tackles are what I take away from being bad about that unit. The run game? Run game was awesome. Run game was pretty good. Peyton Barber disappointed, though. I, I will say, like, Ronald Jones was far and away the best Bucks running back yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, I had in my note that's his best game as a Buck. That's, I mean, obviously, but I think something, like, what do you have? Like, I think he, only, he, had he 75 only had yards. He had, tw- uh, he had 13 attempts for 75 yards, didn't get a yeah. touchdown, uh, but he also had a few more passes that he caught out of the backfield. Yeah, uh, that there was third one- and 17. Yeah, third and 17, he caught a little screen pass, and that's a play that San Francisco, they sent every defensive back they had basically to the first down marker, and you, you could mm-hmm. see it. There were like six guys in coverage waiting to go, and Jameis snaps the ball, looks over, tosses it to Rojo, and Rojo makes some moves which is very impressive, and I think we can equate that. Stays to the, up, too. Got hit. We can Stayed equate up. that to the weight that he put on um, because one of the biggest things that we took away from the way he was running was he's really good at breaking wimpy tackles. Like, mm-hmm. he is not going to be easy to bring down, and that's exactly what you want because we saw it as well. When he gets some room, especially up the middle, he's got that burst of speed, and to carry that extra weight and lay it onto somebody, kind of like LeGarrette Blunt. That's really good mm-hmm. to see. But, yeah, a great day for Ronald Jones, a guy who yeah, only he, had 23 carries last year. Yeah, 44 yards last year. He had 75 yesterday. 44 yards all of last year. He had 75 in one game yesterday. Just, to, just imagine what can happen if you have a head coach who doesn't give up on you. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, let's, let, me, let me talk about Dari for a minute. Yeah, let's do it, man. So, Dari was voted a special teams captain. Okay. What does he do? First, he got blown up punt, on a punt. First punt gets blown up, blocked. Punt gets blocked, and results in a field goal for the 49ers. Okay, rough start. Then, for one, they didn't really give him much running like carries. Uh, they didn't really give him any of those. He was used as really like a receiving back uh, yesterday. Um, T.J. Logan, I don't think got any snaps at running back. He was just primarily a returner. Yep. Speaking of T.J. Logan. T.J. Logan takes the kick out, is running, and gets tackled by basically Dario Gumbale. Um, ran, Dari had no clue where he was, and he just ran right into him and pushed him down. Um, he's got to be better. You're a special teams captain, and special teams were not great yesterday. Yeah, Matt Gay made all of his kicks, but, I mean, none of them were really tough kicks. Yeah, but what— um, it was, Either extra points or chip shot field goals. Um, and what that says to me about Dario Gambale, though, is, I mean, this is a guy who is a, a preseason player who's finally transitioning into a much bigger role uh, in the regular season. Welcome to the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he's got the captain's patch for a reason, but you really didn't see him live up to, uh, to that captain's patch against the San Francisco not 49ers. Not, not at um, all. And, and this and, was a guy who won the third running back job partly because of how good he can block. Yeah, yeah, that's on, a big man. thing. But, I mean, I think for him it's just going to be translation. I th- I want to believe that by week four, give it a month, he'll be all right. He'll be where he needs to be. 
um, on special teams, and he'll have a better idea because, uh, again, these guys looked at film this morning. I guarantee you that's something that he was told about. Like, you've got to know where you're at at all times, especially if you're blocking. you got to know who you're blocking and what you're blocking for because, yeah, you can run across the field and crack back a guy, but if your returner's all the way over here, then what the hell is the point? Um, so I think situational awareness is something he'll pick up. Uh, but, ah, yeah, bad game for him. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Uh, look at uh, Ryan Jensen. Let's talk about him for a minute. Um, okay, yeah. He was good. I, I was, I was impressed with him. Him and, him and Jensen, I mean him and Jensen, him and Marpet were the, the Bucks' two best offensive linemen. Um, and yeah, he, he played pretty good. He got out on his blocks pretty quick. Um, he, he, played two, like the, he played like the guy we signed from Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if he keeps playing like that, he'll be back next year. Um, because that was a that was a pretty good game, and uh, that was probably his. I wrote in my notes that's his best game as a Buck. Um, right now, let's stick with the offense. Uh, Alex Kappa played decent, not great, but decent. Um, better than he did in the preseason. Yeah, I, I will give him that. He did play better than he did in the preseason. Like I said, this whole Bucks offensive line um, played better than he did in the preseason. Um, but I mean, doesn't matter because I'm, quarterback, man, like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. important. Like he and and, I, and the o- offense so, owes the defense so much because the de- without the defense, and it's the same thing for San Francisco. Without the defense, you know that would have been a blowout. Yeah, but, you that, know if if neither defense plays well, it's a blowout either way. Yeah, like, that that game would have been not nearly as close as it was if it not were if it weren't for the defense. And we'll talk about that in a minute because there is a lot of great things to talk about on the defensive probably, side of the yeah, ball. More on the defense because oh, yeah. offense. I mean, OJ Howard that might have been his worst game. OJ, that o- was bad. OJ had a terrible game. I, I mean, we talk about you he said some points. Maybe the worst game of his career simply because it just seemed like he wasn't there, man. Like, if if he had the same flu symptoms that Mike Evans had, then I could believe that he had the game that he did. Um, he had a picked pass for an uh, for an interception. It was, you know, tipped up. He wasn't able to grab it, and someone right else did. Right into his hands. He had a fumble Gotta inside the 20, which is costly in any situation. You cannot fumble the ball and lose it in the red zone. That's football 101. I mean, that's what people are talking about. I'm sure it's been coached yeah. up to them. Um, that was third down. It was just a check down. Yeah. They just wanted to get some yards, get a shorter field goal, and they get nothing. But yesterday showed me that this year his biggest concern is ball security. Last season, his biggest issue was blocking, and he's a much better blocker now than he was when he entered the league. Uh, so I'm not too worried about him in that sense. But right now, He's got to figure out ball security, and he's got to figure it out fast. Because when he can secure the ball, he's one of the best damn tight ends in the league. But when he can't, he looks like what we saw against San Francisco, and uh, that's not good. Because like you yep. said, it cost you points. Yep, I think, he, I think he had one catch in the game, and he should have had three. That's but, rough, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, they left, the, the Bucks left six points on the board um, going... You know the OJ Howard fumble, and then going for two, going for the touchdown um, instead of kicking it. So they left six points, and if you know, if if you if you counting, if you're counting, um, it would be twenty three twenty three. And now it would have been the same situation. So maybe James Winston throws the pick six, and that's an even bigger deal. <laughs> if you're throwing a pick six there to give the Niners a lead in that situation, that's yeah, horrible. That's, but, that's rough. Um, yeah, that, that's six points that the Buccaneers should have had and didn't. Even yeah. though, well, to say at the time, I, I liked the decision I, to go for it. I, I like that aggressiveness sometimes, yeah, not like every it. time, but I, in the situation, I liked it. You know why? Because I felt like they had a good shot to get it. However, didn't really like the play call. And I didn't like the execution. Just like you said, Chris Godwin wide open, Jameis Winston too late. Almost picked off. That would have been returned for six weeks. Actually, it would have been a safety, so it would have been two. Yeah. Um, but if that if that guy catches that ball, he's gone. And um, yeah, probably, well, I mean, probably should have been picked. Yeah. And, and 
I don't know, man. Another thing in that play, I mean, we can look at it. It's a pure example of what we heard from Bruce Arians and what he likes to do. It's risking it for the biscuit, and that's what it was. You put it out there fourth down. You've got a lot to lose, but you've also got a lot to gain. Uh, he put it all on the line, and it just did not work. So, of course, since it didn't work, it can look costly. And he even brought it up himself. He said, maybe I shouldn't have gotten as greedy as I did. We probably should have just gone for three. Um but it is what it is. Buccaneers still lost at the end of the day. So right now in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Let's talk about one more thing before we get to the defense. Quick little quick little news update here. Live on the okay. air. We got All righty. All right. Awesome. Um, the Bucks have signed uh, tackle Josh Wells. He's just a depth tackle. And um, they to make room for him, they placed uh, Justin Evans on the injured reserve with a lingering Achilles injury, and he going to return after eight weeks. So my guess is that basically they wanted tackle depth, and they don't think Evans would be ready this week. So they just decided that hey, he'll probably definitely be ready after eight weeks if we need him. Plus, safeties weren't that bad. So yeah, and um, even though I will, I do have an issue with with one thing they did with the safeties. I'll get into that once we get into the defense. But yeah, uh, some tackle depth coming to Tampa Bay. Okay, absolutely. Justin Evans being placed on the injury reserve. That means what it means. Um, and like you said, I don't have a huge issue with the way the secondary played yesterday. The defense overall as a unit was the strongest we've seen them in quite some time. But let's talk about this one thing before we get into the defense. And I'm gonna get explicit here for a second because I'm actually heated about this. Uh, we normally don't toss around many cuss words on this show, but specifically for this purpose, uh, we have to. Fuck Quan Alexander. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Um, there's no place for what he did. Quan mm. Alexander is a guy that we've seen in the past. He plays with a lot of emotion. I get it. He's you know playing a team that he feels disrespected him in a way. He's got a point to prove. And I'll say I this. I love it. I love that Quan. Quan was having a career day before he got his ass ejected from the game. Yep. And that's what I want to talk about. It was a blatant helmet-to-helmet hit on Jameis Winston. There's no place for that. Especially I mean, with Jameis sliding, dude. You think... I don't know. I... Quan's not a dirty player, though. Like Quan's not a dirty player, but I can see Quan Alexander playing from a place with a lot of passion and letting his aggression anger, get yeah. the best of him. He played out of anger in that he moment. He definitely did. And that's not what you do. I'm not going to sit here and say that that hit to the head is what caused Jameis to throw three interceptions, but there's just no place for that, dude. There's not. And I lost a yeah. lot of respect for him because I, he, was having, know, he was having a great game beforehand. Yeah. It seemed like it was almost in his head even before that because I mean he dropped a surefire interception. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean that's that was bad right there. Um, it, it, I mean that's that's what we saw from him. We've seen Quan Alexander have those types of games. As soon as he almost dropped, or as soon as he dropped that surefire pick, I was like, all right, this is going to be one of those games for Quan because I think that was a snap or two right after he had made a big ass play, and. We knew he was going to have that type of game. So I'm not grateful that he was ejected from the game. I think it helped us out a little bit because it relieved some of the pressure he was putting on because he looked good. But I lost a lot of respect for him after that hit. And, and in my opinion, there's no place for that. So fuck that guy. Wow. That's twice you said that. Yeah, I know. This is a PG show, guys. I'll, I'll put the explicit tag on it so everyone <laughs> knows we're not messing around this week. Oh, man. That's good. <laughs> That's good. But, I mean, yeah, he he did a pretty good return. But, yeah, short-lived. Very short-lived. Um, what okay. if, like, that just happens with every, like, Bucks return? Like, Jerome McCoy gets ejected. Adam Humphreys, of all people, gets ejected. Well, and that was just, the... like, And they just last, like, a quarter. Like, not even a quarter. Like, it was yeah. midway through the first quarter. Quan Alexander was out of the game. Well, and that was what was so funny to me was someone asked Bruce Arians about it. I, I think today or yeah, yesterday. So, so, yeah. And they were like, so, uh, so Gerald McCoy, you know, it's an emotional game for him. And he's like, oh, well, that's great. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't get himself ejected. <laughs> Yeah, he said hopefully he doesn't get thrown out like Quan did, yeah. Yeah, so uh, th there's no place for that. You can have whatever opinion you want. If you're a 49ers fan, uh, you can say that it was an accidental hit. And what really drove it home for me, what really just pushed me over the edge, uh, was that he got the game ball in the 49ers locker room. Yeah, well, just like Trevor Sikama said on the Peter Report podcast, 
when you know that kind of sucks like it's kind of like a like a salt in the wound thing for the bucks but hey you know he wouldn't have got the game ball if the bucks would have done their job and won so yeah he's not wrong he's not wrong but uh but that's my opinion on him you're allowed to have whatever opinion you want uh let's move on to some of the good things this buccaneers football team did on sunday and uh a glaring silver lining in this team is the defense because hot damn did they look good. Whew. They looked awesome. I mean, we could have had a little more pressure on the quarterback, of course. He only had one sack, and that was Shaq Barrett, who... One QB hit, too. Yeah, one QB hit. You got to get a little more pressure there. I think who they were only... pressure was going to be an issue? Uh, mm. Definitely not Definitely not anyone on this show. Mm, I beg to differ. <laughs> B.A. said they were only sending four guys most of the time. Yeah, but uh, the pressure is important. But other than that, they looked good where they needed to look good. They shut down the run game. There wasn't a whole lot of deep passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's he's Jimmy G, so what do you expect? Yeah, um, mm. I mean, his first point. Did of the he season, dominate? Did he? He said he's going to. Yeah, he said he was going to dominate. I mean, he said he was going to dominate us, but his first points of the year were to the other team. So, Ooh. yeah, Vernon Hargraves, my boy, got in there with the pick six. His first touchdown was caught by a defender. Uh-oh. Dude, let's talk about that VH3 touchdown really quick. He played the outside receiver, and if you look before the snap, he was like maybe five to seven yards off of the uh, off of the receiver. He it was baited. Li- literally, I mean, that, like, that, that was, was the bu- that, that was the Richard Sherman pick six. That it, was, that was it, yeah. it was on a running back lined up as a wide receiver. It, 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 it was textbook. He like, lined that, that's it what up. It was. He baited it six, seven yards off of the ball. He watched he allowed- Jimmy G. As soon as he looked over, he ran downhill, took the ball, carried it in to the end zone for six points. Um, he allowed one catch. Like he's he's good. Like yeah. he just is. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Uh, He's my breakout player this year. He's been my breakout player for like three yeah, damn years well, now. Yeah. But and my breakout player from last year is not even on a team anymore. So <laughs> I think he's finally going to play to that ability we hope to see from him. Well, Rhett, you know, you pick him every year, <laughs> you're bound to get it right. So Yeah, really. Just pick the same guy every year, and one year he'll, uh, he'll impress you. Or get cut in the preseason. Gross. Gross. Um, but, yeah. VH3 had a good game. Overall, the Bucks defense had a great game. Like I said, they shut down the run. Quarterback pressure could have been a little bit more, but there wasn't a ton that the 49ers offense was able to do. And that's saying something because Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive-minded coach. I mean, yeah. they were running some looks that you don't see a lot from other teams. Yeah. Um, so they run a lot that, of misdirection stuff. Like, and that's there's I, a I, lot of they they roll Jimmy G out a whole lot. Yeah, and, and that's where they got caught. Uh, was sometimes on the misdirection stuff. There was one drive where the defense was just winded, and I mean they let the 49ers go all the way down the field. Um, but there were also a few times third and one, third and two. They came up big in those situations and forced a three and out. Um, and that's what you like to see. Because you want to get those guys off the field, and you want to bring a competent offense onto the field to yep. put points on the board, and that's just not what the Bucks had. Ultimately, the formula for a lose, uh, a loss at home. Excuse me. Do you know? Uh, you know who played pretty good? Somebody that uh, me and you had a little bit of an argument about a few months ago. Really? Will Golson had a pretty good game, and I remember a certain host on this show. Said that Will Golson might have a solid year this year. Was that and the third? Was that the third guy that we had for like two episodes? And then I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, there's a po- yeah, Will Golson. I mean, and he was hype after like a lot of them. Um, yeah, but yeah, had, I mean, I thought he, he had one run stuff, bucks. and he was like freaking the hell out. But I think it's the most he's ever done here in Tampa. Ooh, on oh no. uh, his his contract year. His contract year is his best year. Oh yeah, he, just... he had like five and a half sacks. He ain't getting five and a half sacks again. Um, but um, their run defense is really good. Um, oh yeah. Now we'll see. The 49ers aren't the prolific end all be all running team. Um, you know, and Matt Breida isn't Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley or Alvin Kamara. Or Christian McCaffrey again. Those are the running backs they have to face. Um, so they'll 
we'll really see if their run defense is good or not in the, within the next two, three weeks. Like, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Dominican Sue was good. He flashed in the first half, kind of disappeared in the second. Um, Vita Vea, sort of same thing. Shaq Barrett played decent. Carl Nassib was kind of quiet. Um, but I, I don't. I wouldn't expect him to just flash. He's not that type of player. Um, I'm waiting on Shaq Barrett. He did have the sack. But I'm waiting on Shaq Barrett to really get that big blown-up play in the backfield because one of the biggest things that I take away from him, especially after watching the preseason, he is so good at getting into the backfield. He's not that great at making the play all of the time, which is what we saw against San Francisco. And one That's play, what got Noah Spence cut. One play in particular that I remember uh, was Shaq Barrett got around. San Francisco was playing inside their own five. They handed it off. I think it was an outside handoff. I don't know if it was one of those. Uh, I don't know if it was one of those counters because that's where they were getting us. Were those running back counters? But Shaq Barrett comes out and he was like a fingertip away from making a big stop in the backfield. And I mean, if he would have hit it at the right angle, it could have been a safety. But if he would have made the tackle, San Francisco would have lost yards and would have been on their own one yard line. So stuff like that is yep. big, and I'm waiting on him to hit home on one of those. But he did have the sack, and overall, a pretty good game for those guys. Yep. So uh, that's absolutely something you can build two, upon. And Two other guys that I want to point out before you make your final thoughts on defense, and then we can get into Carolina a little bit. Absolutely. Jordan Whitehead is good. Yeah. Okay. Jordan Whitehead Actually, had the now, sack that was taken away. Yeah. Now, now that I think about safeties, why... Exactly. Are they just playing Darian Stewart so much over Mike Edwards? Like, I don't understand. Darian, yeah, Darian, Darian got, Stewart was bad. Like, he was he the worst beat. Bucks defender he got on, on Sunday. He he's not good. Like, like he's just not. He can't hang. All right. And, and Mike Edwards got limited snaps and played decent. Obviously, in limited snaps, you can't really get a good, you know, a good idea how well he actually played. But. Um, yeah, I didn't like that at all. I, I, I don't. Darian Stewart was out there way too much. I want to say that's a situation that they're gonna uh, trial by fire kind of thing. Like they're gonna figure out what these guys are capable of in a certain number, um, uh, certain number of stats. So I want to say that going into Carolina, we're gonna see Mike Edwards get a higher snap count than Darian Stewart did because you step up in that role. He kind of showed that he couldn't handle it. I- I'm sure they're going to realize maybe we- let's give this other guy a chance because yeah. you know he showed us what he did in a limited capacity. So uh, I think that's well, something they're still figuring out. We got to remember it's the first game of the season. So along with the Bucks playing a bad football game on offense, I don't want to equate so much of it as to rust, but we say it every year: you need a game or two to really get going. And yeah, it helps to you, win you those do, games. But, it helps I mean, to win those games. It really uh, does because it shapes your season. Yeah. But oh, one more thing. My other player was Levante David. Um, oh yeah. He was just he was all over the field. He was. It seemed like he never he wasn't injured at all. Oh dude. Um, Thirty good. years old. He's Thirty good. years old. He has still he's got the closing good. speed, like sideline yeah. to sideline. I mean, that one great. tackle he made on Matt Breida, that like shoelace tackle, that was incredible. He split the gap. Yep. Yep. Um, got in there and made the shoelace tackle. That was really good. Um, one thing I will say, though, Bucks fans might be overreacting to a week one loss a little bit because... A little bit? Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> um, they're Honestly, they kind of got spoiled um, because... Like, I keep saying this to everybody. The Bucks have not started off 0-1 since... This is the first time since 2015. That was Winston's rookie year. 2016, they beat Atlanta in Atlanta. 2017, it was the Hurricanes, so it would have been in Miami. But they still beat the Bears in Tampa to make to be 1-0. And oh, last year, they beat the, the Saints. So, Bucks fans are usually... Are now sort of got accustomed to starting off with a good-feeling game. They're, well, they're not usually used to starting off very well, and I think that is part of the, the overreaction as well. Yeah, and I think that's something that we got to think about as well. Like you said, that's a big part of the overreaction. People are expecting perfection from a, in a sense, a first-year team. you got a new head coach, new system you're implementing on both sides of the ball. 
it's translating well on defense. And your but quarterback making the same mistakes. But it's taken some time on the offense, and yes, you have a quarterback who makes the <clears> same <throat> mistakes that he has in the past. So people are flipping the hell out. But we got to take a deep breath and realize that the Bucks are only 0-1, and that's what it is. You yeah, know what I mean? I mean, only thing people, you can do about it now is focus on Carolina. People clamor for football season so much, but then like it seems like they want it to end after one week. Like, I don't like, I, yeah, you, dude. Like, like guys, I'm, like I'm you still can't ex- have the best of both worlds, guys. I'm still excited that football is here. Like, I cannot believe yeah. that I can turn on my TV tonight and watch a football game. Isn't yeah. that insane? Football's actually here, and it counts. And, I mean, this first week of football, we were barely into the Bears and Packers game. And the NFL is crazier than I have ever seen it before, partially because of Antonio Clown. But the landscape is changing, and football is back, and people are forgetting that football's finally here. It's been eight months. Wow, okay. We got to appreciate it. And at the end of the day, we're all fans of this team. We want to see them do well. And when they don't, we're disappointed. But when they do, and I think they will, I'm not saying they're going to turn it around and go on a 15-game run, but they've got some time to figure some things out. There's still some details that need to be ironed out. And I guarantee you, with a coach that has forgotten more football than you and I will probably ever know in our lifetime, I think it's going to get done. And I think at the end of the year, we're going to have something to build upon. Whether it's getting a new quarterback or franchise tagging him and dude, trying to make it, the playoffs next year. I don't know what it is. Dude, but I, just I don't know feel what like it's do. not gonna it's not gonna doom and gloom like everyone thinks. Dude, dude if they have to replace James Winston, that's doom and gloom. Like, how is that not doom and gloom? What if they have to replace James Winston, the whole future of the franchise. Yeah, but does, this... does Arians does Arians go back into retirement? Does Jason Light go? Are you if the new GM comes in and doesn't like Mike Evans? Is he like that's a big deal? Well, it definitely is a big deal. But this all goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show. I still believe there's time for them to turn this around. It's only I mean, week, it's week one. one. Yeah, sure. But I mean, let's be real. Do you think they're beating uh, Carolina on Thursday? Um. I think that defense, depending on how it can shut down Christian McCaffrey, can give them an okay shot. But as of right now, if the same team that showed up against San Francisco goes into Carolina, no, I do not think they will. This is a game that I think you and I both picked them to lose. Yeah, the the team you expected them to be, you picked them to lose. They're not going to win this game, okay? I'm telling you right now, it's in Carolina. The Panthers are 0-1. They lost to a Rams team that they probably should have beaten. Um, and yeah, they're just, and the Bucks offensive line, they struggled a little bit pass protecting against the 49ers defensive line. The Panthers defensive line isn't any step down really. Um, and I think it's going to be really rough. I, I, I do. It's not going to be a blowout, right? It's, it's not because, um, division, it's a division game, but I mean, like I said, Carolina's at home They're you know, like I said, they're angry. They're, you know, and the Bucks have every right to be angry too, but it's a short week. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're going to get into the preview here in a few seconds here. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know, man. And that makes that Giants week three game a must win. Well, and even it, if, if you want to make this season even a six and 10 season, you got to beat the Giants. Yeah. And that's, that's something really important. Regardless of what happens Thursday night, the Bucks are coming off of a short week. It's a hard game to prepare for. And a, Pretty good football team. But, yeah, that New York game is going to be very, very telling about what team we see for the rest of the year. New York game comes around. If they can't get it together, if Jameis still throws three interceptions and the offensive line still can't block, uh, then there's an issue. But right now, I stand, and I will die on this hill. I am firm in the belief that there is time to fix this because... I don't, they're, they're not wrong because it's week one. Like, yeah, of course there's time. Yeah. But- how much? Like, I don't how know. Much I'm just, try- I'm just like, trying to be the you, voice of reason here. Do I'm you still seriously a fan have the- confidence like that Jameis Winston could turn it around? Because history shows that 
it's going to be the same thing. He's going to have ups and he's going to have downs, and then they're going to have to make a big time decision. Yeah, but I'll say would this: you, Would you give this guy big money right now? No, right the now, no. right now, no. It's week one. We've been over that a dozen times. But I'll say but this: But I'm talking Evan, about over his career, man. I'll say this, Evan. For me to do this show every week, I've got to believe in something. And right now, as a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I want to believe in my team because football's finally back, and we've got something to look forward to every single Sunday because we've got to talk about it every single week so as of right now I believe the changes can be made I believe they will be made um, but by the Giants game we'll know for sure I'm sorry, it, yeah they go in three there ain't no it, it, yeah then it then it's a wash but let's talk about this Carolina team we've already brought up that their defensive line is really going to give us hell and that's going to be something they've got to respond to Christian McCaffrey is a guy who has given us hell in the past and the Bucks are going to have to respond to him because if you can shut him down and you can limit Cam Newton, he might just throw four interceptions. That's what happened in Tampa last year. Exactly. So it, it all depends on, well, the defense right now is the biggest thing I can think of that will carry us into this game with any momentum. I don't have a lot of faith in the offense at the moment because they're, they're just playing a Carolina unit that's good. Yeah. I mean, um, the Bucks' offense struggled, and Carolina's defense is, that's, you know, when, when a struggling offense, that this isn't the defense you want to play. Right, and this is a Carolina team that has the talent to go on a tear and win some games because they've done it before when they have to. Um, so I'm interested to see how it plays out. But like you said, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it'll be another... Mm, you, you know what? Maybe I don't. <sighs> I don't know. Make if I, up your mind. Yeah, I know. Really, <laughs> I, I know. Um, I haven't thought this far ahead yet. <laughs> Jesus, I'm still getting over the week one game. Um, I, Quick I turnaround, buddy. I Quick don't. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game, and I say that like no. I don't think either team is going to score more than thirty. Yeah. Well, no. if you would ask me, I don't think the 49ers scored over thirty, but they did. They found a way. Cue the the Drake and Josh theme song. Right. <laughs> dude dude all right so i don't think it's gonna be a very high scoring game i think the defense is going to determine how how the bucks hang in there if they can go out there and do their jobs and the offense can finally get some things rolling if ronald jones can build off of what we saw uh, i think we'll be in pretty good shape and i think it'll be a close game so i'll boil it i'll boil it down to say i think it's a close game um not too sure if the bucks are going to win though yeah, I mean, I agree. Close game, Panthers win. Um, it's just, if it was in Tampa, I th I would give them a pretty good shot. But I just don't. It's just, it's very difficult. It's yeah. just, it's so difficult to go on the road after such a deflating performance like you had yesterday, to go on the road versus a division rival on prime time on a short week. Right. Against the, it's not like you know the Panthers are you know if they're playing if they're in the AFC East and they're playing the Miami Dolphins it's a bit different but the Panthers are still a good football team like yeah. I think they're they're talented and, and there's um, just there's a lot of factors that come into this game that just don't really help you out uh, no, as you it, mentioned it, really. it's a short week it's prime time it's you're bouncing back off of a humiliating loss at home. Um, a, a game that you want to forget about, but a game that you also want to build on. So yeah. there's just not a lot of scenarios See? that I can put now. What? Go ahead. Yeah, you can go uh, ahead. There's I was, was going to point out something from the past, but go ahead. <laughs> there's not a lot of scenarios that I can point out right now to where it's in favor for the Bucks, And, of course, Carolina's mm -hmm. in kind of the same ship. I mean, they didn't lose as humiliating of a game, but they're also coming off of a loss. They're going to yeah. want to build, and it's a short week for them. It's a division game. On the road. You know, so there's a lot of factors that go into it and a lot of stuff yeah. that doesn't make you feel great. But I, I well, think if this defense can play uh, at least a little bit like they did against San Francisco, they can shut down Christian McCaffrey and they can leave Cam Newton with some pressure, then I think well, we'll see a good game. If I have to say two more positive things before we head out, after this podcast, I've been pretty negative, except on the defensive side of the ball. Um, one, Carson Palmer in 2013, when Arians took over, took about seven, eight games to finally find his stride. And then once he did in the offense, um, things started to click. Yeah, but that's too late for Jameis. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. But I, I'm, just, I'm just pointing out that, you know, it's no, I get you. Um, I get you. 
And also, in 2015, which is, like I said, the last time the Buccaneers went 0-1, Jameis Winston, horrible performance in Week 1, home opener, lost to the Titans. And then, the next week, goes to New Orleans, a tough place to play, and they win. Um, so, maybe history can repeat itself there. Um, the Bucks suffer a, a bad home opener loss and then rebound with a divisional game away on the road, and they go out with a win. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, say what you want about Jameis Winston, but no one can deny this guy is the franchise leader for multiple passing stats right now. Um, that doesn't matter, though. It like, doesn't. How much does, how much does that doesn't really matter? Like, like, what does it mean to really say that Jameis is a better quarterback than Vincent Testaverde was? Vincent Testaverde, by the way, I don't think he finished a season where he threw more touchdowns and interceptions, but nobody really wants to bring that up. Uh, so what does, it, what does it mean to say that he's better than Testaverde? Nothing at all, because it doesn't win us football games. But we have seen the talent from this young man... It's all about finding consistency. Oh, man. He's got to get after, consistent. It's, it's been it's year five. It's year five. That, Last that's, year, if this was year two or year three. Okay, fine, but it's year five. It's year man. five, and I, I I think what'll determine the rest of this year, and I think the narrative of this Bucks team, they're going to show us just how important coaching is. I think it's important. I think it's very well, important. I mean, it's the I biggest thing for a football team. Defense, so. I mean, we've seen it already. Just let it play out. I'll give it two more weeks. If I sound like this after the Giants game, then you can just cancel the show and you can do the show by yourself because obviously yeah, I'm off if, my rocker. If, if, if they're 0-3 and you're still saying, oh, man, no. I'm, I'm going to call you out and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, dude. You're taking I, I'm, crazy pills. Like I said, I believe that Jameis can get it done, but I'm done defending him. I'm not giving up I'm on him. Boat. I'm in the same boat. I, I, you know, because he has so much talent. But, you know, it's I think last night he has to play good football for the next next six to seven games to even just get pressure off him. Yeah. Not guarantee he has a job next year, but to just get the pressure off of him. It's a big task. I'll say about 50% of this fan base has already – just kind of jump ship, and they're moving on from Jameis Winston, and that's fine. You're allowed to do whatever you want to do, unless you're burning jerseys, then give them to me. But Yeah, yet again, not cool. Don't burn yeah. jerseys. But uh, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll stand with my take. You can stand with yours, and we'll see how this plays out. But uh, All right, so final prediction. You pick the, the Panthers to win, right? I'm going to pick the Panthers to win in a close game. Okay, and I'm going to say the same exact thing. Panthers win. All right. So the Buccaneers play football Thursday night. It's on. Is it on NFL Network? So um, I think I think it's on NFL Network and, and CBS. I think I'm not. Well, maybe not. I'm not sure if it's still on CBS. Because I I know they had that weird thing with like Thursday night had exclusive rights. Yeah, and whatever. I'm not sure. That's so we'll see I'm what happens. Sure. But uh, do a quick little Google search. Find out where you can watch that game. If you can't watch it at home, go out to Ferg St. Petersburg. Our buddies from. Bucks report are going to be out there. I'll be out there watching the game as well. We'll have plenty of live shows going on, live coverage. Get on the mic, talk about the Bucks, sound off, about whatever you want to do. But make sure you watch that football game. Um, Bucks are 0-1. Defense has got to build. Offense has really got to mesh and get some things together. But I'm still in the boat. I believe it's going to be an exciting season, and we're here for 15 more weeks to tell you about it. So we'll see how this team fares. One more announcement before we wrap up and get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you follow us on social media, you've probably seen it, but we're going to tell you about it right here on the show. And the announcement is that the Cannon Fire podcast is now moving to two times a week. So that means we're going to be releasing episodes at the beginning of every week and at the end of every week. So the episode at the beginning, it'll be dropping Sunday afternoon or Monday. really just depends. Um, and that'll be the review of the game that we just watched. It'll be basically your rapid reaction to what the Bucks put on the field, and we'll break all of that down on that episode. The episode later on in the week is going to be mostly a preview of the game that we've got coming up, and then, of course, the cycle begins the next week after that. Don't forget, every Tuesday, you also got the weekly Bucks break, and uh, tonight, 10 p.m., 102.5 The Bone is the weekly Bucks break. You can listen live, and you can give us a call, 800 771 1025 is the number to call. You can call in, sound off, and we'll talk Bucks football. 
and also a little programming alert. Since on a normal game week, it will be beginning of the week is reviewing the game. Normally, we <laughs> won't preview the next. Normally, we won't preview the next game yeah. on the beginning of the week show. So this week, we will have a full Carolina review Friday, probably um, because Thursday night we obviously can't because the game is going to be played. So um, probably Friday. Um, but then once it's a normal game week, we're looking at either Sunday afternoons. It, like I said, this all depends. Like you said, um, what we're doing, hopefully, you know, best case scenario, we can go right after the game. Yeah. Um, and, or Monday, which we release Monday night, probably. Um, and then probably Thursday. So, um, that would probably be, uh, the, the schedule. So yeah. obviously this week, first week we're doing it, it's going to be a little bit <laughs> yeah. goofy. What, but, a, what a week to um, make the announcement because it's all screwed up and we gotta, we gotta explain what's really going to be going on. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like you had said, new episodes of CFP going to be happening twice a week. One pretty much immediately after the game or the day after. Uh, and the next one is going to be a few days before every Sunday game. So what's going to happen this Friday will be the Carolina Review, and then Monday, we'll figure something out. We'll have a theme. But, uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about getting that content out to you. We are Bucks fans, and we appreciate you Bucks fans listening to us talk. Um, and we can't thank you enough. So more content coming your way. Let's get excited. Buccaneer, is, uh, Buccaneer football is finally back. And uh, I think we're still going to have a lot of good things to talk about this season, regardless of how the opener went. So let's get ready for Thursday night. Let's get ready for the Carolina Panthers and go Bucks. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of CFP. Thank you so much for listening or watching with video, whether it's on YouTube or BucksReport.com. If you're listening on any of our outlets, thank you so much. Remember to leave us a rating, like, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. Helps the page out a ton. Also, Make sure you follow us on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. You can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks Wave. Um, also, shout out to our sponsors, the East Bay Buccaneers, <clears throat> Tampa Bay Youth Football League. Their season is underway, and they just keep winning, I tell you what. So if you're looking for something in the fall that you can sign your kids up for, a winning program and a trusted program, the Bucks have been around since the 80s, and they've been doing it their way putting together a much better product on the field than our Tampa Bay Buccaneers do sometimes, mm. but it's a good program to be in. Hopefully you guys check it out. EastBayBuccaneers.com. Lastly, I almost forgot. Follow the show on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All of those are cannon fire podcast. Twitter is cannon fire pod. I am Rhett signing off for Evan, and we'll talk to you guys a little bit later this week. Thank you for listening and go bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.